Hello and welcome to the Future Tribe podcast. Each week we'll be talking about getting things done. We'll talk to people who've built up their businesses, pulled off amazing projects and cover everything from psychology and strategy to the tips and tricks that will help make your dream a reality. We're the podcast that's all about empowering the optimists and the go-getters. I'm your host, Jermaine Muller. You're listening to the Future Tribe podcast and this episode is just getting started. Yeah. So now we've talked about the really good stuff, uh, you know, that you've done and the really exciting stuff. Um, I want to quickly touch before we wrap up on um, any sort of big mistakes that you made that you can kind of look back and go, I really learned a lot from that mistake. So you might not regret it, but something that you can tell us or a few things that you can tell us about that we should look out for, whether it's, you know, finance related or business related, that easy mistakes to make. Yeah, I think probably one one of those is not not ignoring your gut feeling about an, about an idea. I think probably a lot of stress is is caused internally by by people trying to override their gut feeling, knowing it's not a no, this is not quite right. But at the other side of the coin, maybe there of a little bit of greed in them can see, boy, this is fantastic if it comes off. Mm-hmm. So. You, you're, you're trying to reconcile your gut feel saying this is not for you, these people aren't for you, as opposed to the, the reward. So once you move away from thinking, well, and, you know, and as you get older, your gut gets more experienced, by the way. You know, it, it, learn, it learns as well as you do. Sometimes the lessons are pretty hard. But usually if you don't have a good gut feel about something or somebody, there's, possibly, there's probably a good reason for it. Okay? So, so I would say number one, number one rule, go with your gut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. and you'll find it, and you'll you will have a have a better way. You have a better better way through your business life. Sure, and and yeah. you found that your gut feel has improved over the years, or do you do you kind of look back and say to yourself, actually, I should have trusted thirty year old me just as much as I trust fifty year old me because back then that that feeling was right and that feeling was still you know um, yeah. correct. That what that that was right. It might make you. It might you know. It might mean you're a little bit risk averse, but um, it just all depends. I guess it de- depends on the responsibilities you have at the time too. My gut says this is not a good idea, but I'm single, no dependents. I haven't got a lot to lose. Mm. You know, might as, well as long as like, take the risk, as long as it's legal. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yes, of course, and you do have to put that in there because some people think well. You know, are these people, am I taking on a responsibility that could actually get me in trouble? Mm, you know, mm. very Just being that well, there's, smart. Yeah, there's that one. And, and that kind of ties through to um, focusing on the things you can change. You know, let, you, let your gut focus on the things you can change and just navigate through the things, navigate through the things that you can't, that you can't change. And let and it go of that. Once, once, once you've got through and made that change, mm. You know, you've got the experience or you can actually go back and change a couple of those things that you couldn't then, but you can now. Yeah, yeah. Actually go go back and do that. Yeah, awesome. Good. All right, so now we're getting towards the end um, of, of the podcast. Um, let's finish off with the top 12. This is my favorite part. So we'll go through uh, top threes across four different questions. Um, and, you know, I hope that this this is really valuable for the listeners. Um, if, if there's any part of the podcast that I want them to listen to, it's uh, the top 12 because it gives, gives them 
an idea of the tools and the books and, and the resources that people who've done well for themselves and people who've, um, you know, really had a good life and are planning for a nice life, um, use these tools and tips and tricks. So let's get started with the top 12. Are you ready? Ready? Yeah. Yep. Okay. The top three uh, podcasts <laughs> or books that you recommend, what, what top three things would you recommend there? The top, top three books, I mean, limit, limiting somebody that likes to read to only three books or something like that is actually quite cruel. But <laughs> I've, so, you know, <clears throat> you talk about a hundred books of, of different ones, but I've always sort of gone through trying to read, um, read a novel and then read a, a, a non-fiction book, read a textbook mm-hmm. or even a chemistry textbook. And it makes you, and it makes you realise that, God, I wish I'd read this more when I was actually doing chemistry at school because this is actually really quite interesting. Mm-hmm. So I guess sending that message there is mix, mix up your reading between fiction and non-fiction and to anybody that's out there that's still at school or something like that, make the most of it now and really read that textbook because you'll realise it might not be too useful now but it can help you in so many avenues avenues down the track. For example, when I was working at Speedo, if I'd actually been able to talk about, you know, hydrocarbons and plastics, when I was talking about the fabrics they used to make swimwear, you would have actually been able to make a much better contribution and understood half the people in the room at a chemistry conference. Yeah, yeah. 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 So there's that sort of stuff. But the books, <clears throat> top three books are that are, that are all the things that I'm interested in at the moment. There's, there's a book called Tuesdays with Mori. That's written by a fellow called Mitch Albom. He was a, was a university student and his sociology professor who he really loves his classes, does all his classes, catches up with him 20 years or 30 years later when Maury's actually dying from, it's not motor neurone, but something very similar to motor neurone, losing his ability to move. And it's about Mitch, who's a famous sports writer, part chasing the dollar. Um, and when, when the... the the company he's working for all goes on strike. There's a journalist strike. It frees up the opportunity for him from, to fly from Chicago to Detroit every Tuesday to have Tuesday afternoons with Maury. And listen to Maury, the sociology professor, talk to him about what's important in life and what's not. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more to life than just facing that dollar and getting material possessions. It's, you know, it's family and, and giving. And Maury, Maury actually gives some pretty good advice to Mitch. And it, it, they talk about it being Mitch's final thesis. Right. Uh, what's really what's really important in life at the end of the day, what you can take with you and what you can leave behind. Yeah. Another another book I've always liked in a previous life. I used to fly commercially a lot. I wasn't the pilot; I was a passenger. But um, I used to love seven four sevens. And there's a book called Wide Body mm-hmm. by, by called Clive Irving. And it's an interesting one at the moment when you see all the trouble they're having with the with the Boeing seven three seven Maxes, which mm-hmm. are got some pretty poor quality issues. The wide body really was about the history of commercial aviation. It was about the development of Pan Am, Pan Am placing the first order for Boeing, which really got gave Boeing the encouragement for the big enough order to go ahead and build the 747. If they hadn't had that, that wouldn't have been built. Um, but the, it was such a brilliant plane, even on day one, because of the engineering, and it had a quadruple redundancy in it. Mm-hmm. There wasn't one sensor, there were four sensors. Mm-hmm. And, and the pilots took it up on its first flight and it's like, we don't need to do any more testing in this. We can, except for a couple of problems with some engines, yeah. we can pretty well take this, yeah. we can take this across the Atlantic and show London how good it is. Wow. So with that 7 foot 737 MAX, for example, there's only one sensor in that and that's what caused those 
cause those issues with the two accidents. So I think that sort of shows the, the quality of the engineering in the olden days, olden days, and, um, <laughs> and, and now kind of, the, the, kind of the, cutting, the cutting corners. And if you look at the Boeing business model back then, it was build the product and we'll work out what it costs. Mm-hmm. Now, it's quite unfortunate in a way that so many commercial pressures from around the world these days are we have to build the product to a certain price point. And to meet that, we have to cut a lot of corners. Yeah, some business that's just there. It's just been a transition in business in the last 40, 40 50 years of the companies that are, that the countries that are rising and making stuff. Yeah, so how about the third book? A third book or a podcast? Yes. Is actually, it's called Warming Signs. Global, global warming is a huge issue, mm-hmm. um, especially for the, for the younger generation coming through who I think must have real concerns about it. There's a very good podcast called Warming Signs. It's a girl called Kate, a woman, a young woman called Kate Parker in the US on the Weather Channel. Mm-hmm. 10, 15-minute podcasts where she will bring somebody in very experienced in their field who she will let talk and let speak about their fields. Some podcasts, sometimes the person's speaking too much. Yes. She'll actually let them talk. There's one about do we need to go to nuclear power? What are the issues there? Three Mile Island, Chernobyl, Fukushima. Mm-hmm. What were the lessons we learned? Do we have to go versus coal, when do we have to go that tipping point from carbon in the atmosphere to the risk? Life's all about swapping one risk for the other, yeah. so that has to be made. And the other one, somebody talking about if we have bring women bring women into farming and, and let them run the farms, the men probably still do the work or make the men do the work and smaller farmings, smaller farming and more food production and moving back to the circular economy where we just come back to smaller communities that don't travel as much. Yeah. Very interesting. Warming warming signs, Kate Parker. Okay. Thanks for that. Um, So moving on to the top three software or tools that you can't live without. Um, There's probably only one I can't live without. And really all my, all all the packages I offer are based on Excel. I like Excel. I can probably use, you know, I know it's an extremely powerful tool and I, maybe 15, 15% of its ability to do what I need it, need it to do. Yeah. Um, really, so those are the software tools. I guess this podcast is something that's going to be more and more and more that, the, that we can't work, that we can't do without. And because I was saying earlier, that's how I want to run my business by yes. speaking to people. So that will come in. Front. So I guess you'd call that, this has got Zoom on the screen. So Zoom seems to be that. another one as well. The prime product at the yeah. moment. I must say, I love Zoom. I, I do love it. It's, um, Skype's good, but Zoom's just that much better. Um, moving on to the yeah. next next question: uh, top three mantras you try and live by. Yeah, I've already I've already mentioned one, and that's focus on what you can change and navigate the rest. Mm-hmm. You can spend a lot of spend a lot of energy trying to change something you can't at that point. It seems it seems a bit silly. So find your way find your way around it and and make your own way. The other one, in terms of a lot of people, they're held up making something. Perfect. 95, 95%. Let it go. Put it, put it out there. If you, if you go for perfection, somebody else is going to come along with an inferior product, but they'll be first to market. Yeah. They'll take the space you're after. And yours, you'll be sitting on the sidelines going, yeah, but mine's better, but mine's better. Mine's nobody listens. Yeah, no one will care. Perfect. No one will care. You know, because you're down like that. And again, as I said before, trust your gut, you know, with experience, your gut will get better. So trust, trust your gut. Trust your gut. You might look back and think, oh, I missed a couple of opportunities. Or at the time, you might think, well, I missed that opportunity. Mm-hmm. But 10 years later, those people are, you know, 
the way they said they'd be or they're in court. Yeah. And you're thinking, I'm glad I didn't go with them. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Trust your gut. Yeah. Uh, the last one. Um, so the top three people you follow and why you follow them. The first fellow is a fellow called John Green. I used to work for John. I worked for John for five years, five years when I was living, living overseas. He was a Canadian fellow mm-hmm. who grew up in the, in the poorest, poorest streets of Canada. And he had a terrible, terrible temper. <laughs> at least at the, at least at that stage. But he was the sort of person that every day would try and would, would have a mantra. And even at his funeral in 1998, somebody stood up and said, the best you can do for this fellow is make yourself a little bit better every day. Because that was, that was John's goal in terms of if you, can live, if, you can, if you can learn a bit more about yourself and improve yourself. And he did, he did a lot of self-study courses mm-hmm. um, to find out why am I, why do I get so angry? Why do I lose my temper? And he went back that he realised when he was very little he developed a flight or fight mechanism, mm-hmm. run or get beaten up, and he got sick of running. So he started losing his temper so he could fight better. He trained himself to lose his temper. Yeah, well. At, at age 10 or something like that. At age 65, he trained himself to not lose his temper by going back and working out and undoing what he trained himself. A neuro-linguistic programming, he was a, he was a practitioner mm-hmm. in neuro-linguistic programming, John Bandler, where he could, he could speak to somebody and he could ask them a question. He would just, just from their body language and their eyes, work out whether they were making the answer up, whether they knew it, whether they would just had it stored somewhere or weren't sure, or were just saying something to to please you. Yeah. <clears throat> so wow. just, you know, nobody could put anything over him. He was yeah. a very, very clever man. And one of the, one of the little newsletters uh, is called earned, earned it three times, lost, lost it twice. Mm-hmm. So he did make three fortunes and he, he did lose it twice. He was yeah. very, very wealthy, very wealthy at the end. <clears throat> and hearing the stories about those, um, some of those go back to those mantras of trust your gut and, change the things you can and leave the things you can't. Yeah. Wow. Another fellow I follow is, is Ricky Gervais, the, <laughs> the comedian from The Office. Why do I like him? Because he just makes people look at themselves and stop taking themselves too seriously. I love the way he busts political correctness away and just look down to the nitty-gritty folks. This is what life's all about. <clears throat> Let's not be politically correct because it really doesn't and it doesn't do anybody any good. So do you follow him on Twitter or just all over the place, wherever he pops up? Podcast, Facebook. Oh, so with, he's um, got a podcast as well. Yes, yeah. And he's a, he's a, very, he's a very funny fellow. Mm-hmm. I mean, other comedians have come through and followed him and he's, and, you know, and he introduces to some other pretty good comedians as well. I think following comedians is very important because they actually do break through all the, a lot of the, the, the sort of the falseness yeah. that's around. You actually see what's real about what we do. Yeah. It's very important. Yeah. And the other people I follow is, is actually three. It's my three kids in terms of um, where they are now. You know, they all had goals. They, they're doing what they want to do now. They, they didn't get their first go, but tried again and tried again. And now they're, they're all three are where, they, are where they want to be doing what they're doing. Yeah, wow. So, so just keep trying. Just keep trying. Yeah. yeah. And so that's, so that's actually, that's actually five people I follow. <laughs> okay. Um, so, so yes, they're the people I follow and yeah. it's just it's encouraging. It's good. 
Awesome. Well, thanks for that. That was the, the top 12. I think there's a lot of value there. I particularly liked the mantras that you, you put through. I think it's important that, um, you know, I agree with all of them and I think it's important that uh, people have these mantras so that they can just check themselves. You know, it's easy to kind of go, nah, it's, it's kind of focus, focus, this and that. But sometimes I think it's as simple as having something written down on the palm of your hand, something that you need to remember to remind yourself, you know, trust your gut or you don't have to be perfect. And just, just having it there, um, I think makes the, makes the difference versus just, you know, telling yourself that you'll, you know, that, you know, you know, that it doesn't have to be perfect, but in reality, how often do you actually check yourself and make sure that you're not just waiting for perfection? Um, I've, yeah. I've caught myself many times. Um, you know, I know that I don't, it doesn't, doesn't need to be perfect, but when someone asks me, Oh, Jermaine, did you get that done for me? And I go, sorry, you know, I, I'm still waiting to get it right. I've got to make a few more tweaks. Well, no, check, check, check yourself. There's, you don't need to make that many tweaks. It's, you can always reiterate it's everything's, you know, it's so easy to change some words on a website nowadays that you don't, it doesn't have to be perfect the first time around. Yeah. It's interesting. You said that because one of the other, one of the other comments that John Green, the fellow I mentioned who is continually trying to make himself better used to say when he would ask somebody to do something and they would say, I'll do my best. Mm-hmm. He would have one of two responses. The first one was either, no, don't do your best, just do it. If it takes more than your best, then you've got to go past that to get the job done. Mm-hmm. Or he would say to a person, no, this doesn't require your best. It's a very simple task. Just do it. Yeah, just get it done. Yeah. Awesome. Fantastic. All right. Save so for later. wrapping up the podcast, um, where can we find you? I know you're, you're working on a new website, so I'll have the link to the, to the new website um, down in the show notes. Um, anywhere else yeah. that we can follow you at the moment or still working on? If I can say the best, the best place to find it at the moment is probably find it through Future Theory. If I can ask for a referral through Future Theory, if that comes back through. Sure. Future Theory. Future yeah. Theory. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Yes. Um, but um, yes, and, and against that very soon, where we'll have the, the website the website in terms of the, the, the budgeting tools and all the rest of the stuff, and a personal blog, which might be other thoughts, other thoughts of mine. Sure. I mean, by, by the time this podcast... By the time this podcast goes live, podcast it'll probably, we'll have the link. yeah, yep. we're, we're a couple months away, I think, uh, yep. in terms of scheduling where this podcast will go out. So um, by the time it goes out, there'll be the tools there ready for people to check out and we'll link to it all. And um, yeah. Yes. Thanks for your time, David. Thanks for hopping on. Um, Thank you. No worries. Yep. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. All right. All Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Future Drive podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave a review on your favorite podcast app. It goes a long way to helping us. If you have any thoughts, questions, or comments, email us at hello at f-u-t-u-r-e-t-r-i dot b-e. If you haven't already, become a part of the tribe on Facebook. Go to f-u-t-u-r-e-t-r-i dot b-e slash f-b and invite your friends. We're just getting started and we would love to see you there. That's it from us. I hope this episode has empowered you to keep working on bettering your future. It's a pleasure to have you as part of the tribe. See you next time.